you know, we're doing well right now as an industry. So right now the opportunity is branding. And I think in our industry, part of why we are not considered the most cutting edge is we don't fully understand the value of branding. So what happens is we think, oh, the market's good. We're doing great. And that means we can stop marketing. And that's, that is not, that is not how any other industry thinks. Your brand is this thing that is evolving and is, should always have a voice. And I think, um, our big takeaway is be proactive knowing that sentiments are, are strange right now. Um, everyone is looking forward to the new year. Home is a place of safety and, and we can leverage that. Um, and that it, we, all builders are not going to have the same message. It depends on if you have inventory. It depends on if you're pre-selling. It depends on where you're, what market you're building in. If you have attached housing or detached housing. I mean, there are so many variables that um, are going to influence your message for this time of year. And it just, it takes some um, thoughtful planning. So that's, that's my big thing. Thoughtful planning. Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Building Perspective. And as always, sometimes always, I have my illustrious co-host with me today, Molly Elkman. Molly, welcome back. Hello. I think you say welcome back every time we do a podcast. Well, because I, I feel like our I feel like our podcasts have been a little sporadic lately, so it's welcome yeah. back to both of us. Oh, I like that. Also, I have been in the woods quite a bit, so uh, you have. I do podcasts um, from the Pocono Mountains. Uh, but right now, I'm back in Philly, sitting in the Group Two office, and there is no one here except for me. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, like our podcasts have been, we've done one or two a month versus one a week lately. And, and honestly, the reason is because everything's been mainly so good. There's not been a lot of like, other than us just getting on here and listening to ourselves talk, there's not been a ton of relevant key information. So that's when we've really been coming in and, and making sure that we're really adding value and not just coming on here just for the sake of talking. Absolutely. And we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I know I know we have some like current events. Let's start with that. But then um, let's kind of get into where, you know, the buyer mindset is and how builders can be proactive knowing what is coming up with, you know, the election and the holidays and the new year. Yeah, absolutely. I am dubbing today's topic COVID phase two. All right. There's a lot happening under that COVID phase two. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, okay. So I saw two things that I think are noteworthy from a article news events kind of thing. The first one is Instagram turns 10 years old today. That's crazy. Doesn't that make you feel old though? 
really old, and it makes me feel even older that I, I've only been on Instagram for a couple of years because I just don't like it. I like Instagram. I like to look at everyone's pictures. I actually, per- I look at Instagram more than Facebook. Do you know why I think I don't like Instagram is because you can create your own wackadoo uh, username and I have a hard time remembering who the hell's who. I agree with that. Sometimes I'm like, how am I connected to this person? Who is this? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait. And then I have to like click on the profile and go try to figure out who it is. And so I think that's what I don't like about Instagram is I can't always tell who's who. But anyway, Instagram turns 10. And I remember having this conversation a few years ago when Facebook turned 10. But you think about that as a whole, you think about what Instagram is, what it evolved, what it has evolved into the massive usage that it has. And just to think 10 years ago, it didn't exist. I mean, there are like miniature economies and, and real businesses that exist solely because of Instagram's existence. Yeah, it really, it has evolved. I'm kind of stuck on what you said a second ago where you said a few years ago when Facebook turned 10 because that was more than a few years ago. (laughs) Facebook is turning 20 in in a few years. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Wow, that's um, insane. It just, it's, it is strange, especially for, you know, Gen Xers to think about, like, just think about this, like how long ago was the 90s? Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, that, that hurts my brain. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It, j- oh, talk about Facebook and Instagram. When Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars with a B and you think about that was a steal. Everybody thought was losing their minds when they thought when they saw that Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars. And now you look back on it, you're like, they got off cheap on that purchase. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is pretty crazy. One of the things as from a user standpoint on Instagram, um, and I know that's not our topic today, but I do think that from a marketing standpoint, there is something to learn from some of the influencers. So I know for me, when I first started using Instagram, I really was looking at the people I'm connected to. But once you start to look um, more in just like the search mode and just kind of look at what's trending and influencers on different topics, it really is... Um, a good way to tap into consumer mindset and just like what is interesting to people. It's also a, it's a funny um, way to see how you specifically are being targeted. So um, my sister and I have been talking a lot about, you know, her potentially getting engaged soon and her, um, you know, she sent me a picture of a wedding dress she liked, you know, that kind of stuff. And now I'm getting ads as if I haven't been married for a decade. It's like engagement rings and wedding dresses. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it is, you know, there is something to be learned from that from a marketing standpoint, though. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy, crazy. Instagram turns 10 double digits. So think back of when you first started your Instagram account. And now think back of during COVID, how many worthless Instagram slash Facebook purchases have you made online that you really didn't need things at all, that you got sucked in, you bought a shirt or a sweatshirt or a hat or I don't know, whatever, shoes, all the stuff that they sell. Except with shipping, it probably still hasn't arrived yet. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I got something not too long ago that I ordered at the beginning of shutdown. Oh yeah. We uh, so many canceled orders or like a piece of an order. I mean, it's like, it's like kind of like yeah. a guessing game. Like, will this show up or not? <laughs> it's wacky. Okay. All right. Topic number two. And I don't know if, um, you guys have seen this or not, but, uh, Inman sent out an email, two emails actually yesterday. Um, but it's about, um, NAR national, national association of realtors and a court case. And this is all about, um, about a year or so ago, some sellers pulled together and they sued the local MLSs slash national association of realtors for price fixing on commissions specifically the buyer's agent and saying that it is driving up unnecessarily commissions to the seller because of this blanket agreement that the MLS's force uh, and the buyer's agent force the seller to sign. It's just this blanket commission that says, all right, I'm going to pay any buyer's agent X dollars to bring me a prospect uh, or bring me a, bring me a sale, not a prospect, bring me a sale. And so obviously NAR jumps in, they try to, you know, they, whatever the legal term is, they, they're going to go in and file some type of injunction to uh, get this, get this potential case thrown out. Well, yesterday, um, a federal court said, nope, we're not dismissing this case. They're going to have to take this thing to court and they're going to have to defend it. And this could be a really, really big shakeup in our industry. I think there's a couple of things happening within the industry right now that can, in a, in the matter of a couple of years can really make a big impact. One Zillow is starting their own brokerage with their own employees and all the homes that they currently are buying. They're going to sell through themselves, not through a local real estate company like they have been before. And now, um, this whole shakeup, like this could, this could essentially do away with buyer's agents altogether, right? Because what's going to happen is the buyer is going to have to pay the buyer's agent out of their own pocket instead of the seller being responsible for that fee, which I do believe is, is correct. Like the way it's set up right now is completely backwards. Like where else do you, you know, like essentially as a seller, I'm paying the commission to someone who's negotiating against me. Yeah, it is really interesting. I I think this is something we're going to obviously need to follow really closely. And I agree with you. I think that things are changing up in our industry. And that, that really leads into some of what we want to talk about today. Because the other thing that no matter what is going to affect our industry is who is the next president or who who wins this election. So, yep. um, and, and it affects housing in, in a variety of ways. One in particular that has my attention is, um, their different views on affordable housing. And I think that that could change a lot of things. Um, and it's, it's a big issue. I know here in Philadelphia, it's a, it's a huge issue. And uh, I, I know our, our listeners all have an opinion. And what, what is really um, just for a moment of reflection is because most people have an opinion, they have a strong opinion, but 50% of the world or the country has the opposing opinion. So there is this, um, 
you know, proactive feeling of looking forward. We all want to, everyone wants, you know, the outcome that they want. But I think we're all kind of in this place where there's, there's a pretty good chance that the opposite may happen. And it's a very strange feeling to feel like you are the minority in your mindset of what you think about all these big issues. So um, that's something that Matt and I talk a lot about because in order to understand your buyer, you definitely need to tap into their mindset. And a lot of that is tapping into your own mindset. So, um, you know, we've, we've been talking quite a bit about that. Yeah. Well, all right. So let me kind of set the table here for this, for this topic and why I say, you know, I'm dubbing this COVID round two, because there's a lot under that umbrella, right? So we have literally a wave two of COVID that everyone has said we're going to have, because regardless of when a vaccine is approved, it's going to be more than likely summertime of next year until it's readily available to the general population. Okay, so you're already starting to see areas of New York City, certain suburbs of New York City having to go back into some shutdown mode um, because cases are are starting to spike there. Um, It's going to continue to get worse as it gets colder and people have to start retreating more indoors. Um, On top of that, we have a presidential election coming up. And this is and one of the things that we all hear um, is... This is the most important election of our lifetime. We hear that every presidential election, by the way. So don't be don't be fooled that this is the most important because everyone is important. Um, but historically, our our buyer interest and traffic take a dump leading up to the presidential election yeah. every every single time. Right, and it aligns exactly with COVID. It's uncertainty. And that's right. that is just something that people don't like. Um, just really quickly, going back to COVID, the other big thing with COVID is schools. What is happening with schools is really affecting people and their mindset because some schools are open, some are hybrid, some are closed. Um, we don't know what's happening. So again, that feeling of uncertainty, putting the COVID and it, the illness aside, it's how it affects your life. And, and schools are a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so this is this is the the thing that we have in front of us. We've got all of this stuff um, that's happening, and it and it's massive uncertainty, and that's what typically makes everything go on pause around a presidential election. Now, the other kind of X factor that we have is we have this weird pan- we had this pandemic that's causing this weird surge in housing, right? Which was unexpected, obviously unexpected. Um, and so that I believe my prediction is it will offset some of that pause that we normally see, but I still am absolutely predicting a softening in the current climate that we already have. I don't think it'll be as dramatic as what it would be 
uh, with a normal presidential election simply because our I think our industry is being propped up due to the surround to what it actually is, right? Because of the surge in demand. Yeah, I heard someone um, locally refer to it as a delayed spring market. And I think that that's like a good way to think about it. And quite frankly, that's great for us. Yeah. So, you know, I, I agree. I think we're going to forge ahead in a as the housing industry in a way that we wouldn't necessarily in, during a presidential election and with all, with everything that's going on. I think what is like the big, bright, you know, blinking lights to me is how do we tap into that from a messaging standpoint? Because this yep. is not a, oh, the market's good, let's let it ride. This is a very emotional time. This is a very specific time. And having the right message um, is more than just about your brand. It's, you know, remaining part of the conversation and, ma and remaining in front of people. So I, I would say without a doubt, this is not the time to be quiet. This is the time to make sure that your message is on point and that it's out there. And I think what you hit on the, the nail on the head there when you're talking about message, because when you talk about putting together a campaign or strategy, it doesn't have to always revolve around um, a promotion of get this or buy this home, right? Like, because a lot of a lot of us are out of inventory homes or or relatively close, you know, very low. So we're having to shift that mindset to a pre-sale opportunity, build, build the home. Um, so, and we're not in a market where we're really having to, you, you shouldn't be giving anything away. Obviously there are very specific instances where that is not the case. Um, and I know there's never been a bad land purchase in the history of home building. Um, but there are some of those problem shot children that still exist out there where some extra things need to be done. So let's, Let's acknowledge that and put that off to the side before I get some angry emails later that says, "What are you, you're crazy. So anyway, um, but as a whole, we're not giving things away. We're not having to run promotions to move product. And so you, we a lot of times we think, well, what the heck else am I going to talk about? And that's where Molly, we start talking about messaging leading up to some of the most, tip, you know, every four years, a very contentious time layered on top of that, we have a global pandemic. Yeah, I, I think right now there are some key points that really stick out to me. Um, re, and a lot of it is, it all ties into messaging. Um, you know, are you going to outshout or outsmart people? And I think the key is, you know, just throwing up some images and a headline is not out is not the smart way to head into 2021 just because of what's going on in the world. So like exactly, for example, what you were just talking about with pre-sale, like if you are in a pre-sale position where you don't have any inventory, you know, you're looking at 2021, that is a very opt optimistic message. Everyone in the entire world wants 2020 to be over. I mean, this is like going to be the year that everyone remembers as the worst ever. Um, you know, it's there are a million memes about 2020. So how do you tap into that sentiment to give buyers a feeling of control heading into 2021? 
And that word control is really important because I think it's a human instinct to want to feel in control. And that's why the presidential election, that's why school closings, that's why all these things are so unsettling is because you don't have control. So that is an emotion that tapping into for pre-selling for 2021 is going to be the right strategy to connect with buyers on an emotional level and give them what it is that they desire that they don't even necessarily know they desire. So I don't think most people would be like, yeah, I really desire control for 2021, but that is deep down uh, what it is. So having those deeper conversations and talking about what message is proactive rather than reactive right now is so key to, you know, fourth quarter and first quarter and, and just um, setting you up for success for next year. Yeah. I mean, here in 30 minutes from now, I actually have a call to set up with one of our builder partners to talk about gearing up a a specific messaging campaign leading into the election, because we want to feel like we're softening essentially an escape, right? Like that you think about what home means to people and whenever something bad happens like in your life, what is your, and you're, and you're not physically at your home. What is the first thing you want to do? You want to go home. Like I need to get home. I've heard Meredith uh, Oliver say this on our builder town hall stuff. So make sure I give her credit for that. She gives us, she gives us a talk about nine 11 and what home means. And she's like, you know, when you first heard and you were like, you were out and you heard about what happened with the world trade centers, what was the first thing that you wanted to do? Like, I've got, I've got to get home because home is the center of your life and of your memories. And that's where you feel safe and secure Uh, and comfortable. And so um, I think that making sure that we're dialing in and focusing on what that really means in one of the, a a time of great uncertainty that we have every four years is, uh, is really, really smart to be out in front of it. Yeah. I, what I would like for people to think about as we head into holiday messaging and um, new year messaging and all of this is let's, as an industry agree to be an industry that brings people together. I mean, home is a place of togetherness and our country is not together right now. We are very split and that is okay. We know that Um, most of our builders, your buyers do not have the same views as you same with, you know, our sales and marketing people. And as sales and marketing professionals, how do you overcome that by by making your messaging a place that is inclusive um, and and really a, a happy message? So like right now for me, there are a couple things that have made 2020 such a, a good year for me. So like all of us are ready for 2020 to be over. But like, for example, um, one of our team members at Group 2 is getting married on Friday. So that's my shout out to Katie and Brandon. That's like right. How, you know, life is still happening. Love is still happening. People are still having babies. Obviously, we know people are moving for many, many reasons, the great reshuffling. 
but there is so much positive. So what I would love to see with some of the messaging around the holidays is less of this like heavy, heavy, um, I, I think we're going to see a lot of TV spots from from big brands that are are super heavy around, you know, the election and COVID and all this. And I think that for most people, home is that safe place. It is that happy place. And we have a very unique opportunity as an industry to really own that and to have messaging that is happy and secure and builds trust and um is that positive voice. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like almost you want to go over the top to say, by the way, this isn't a political ad, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you want to get somebody's attention. It's like this, because how inundated are we with political ads? And it's like, I can't wait for the election to be over simply to get to stop being bombarded with random text, phone calls and ads. I have a real question right now. This is a marketing okay. question. How in the world do the people who are targeting all this political stuff not know that I'm already registered to vote? Like, how is that possible? Like, in today's world, like, it's not a secret that I'm registered to vote. So, like, why am I getting 800 ads? Like, it just shows, like, poor targeting. Every time I log into Facebook, it prompts me at this massive window Register to vote. I'm already right. registered to vote. Right. Like yeah. what is up? Like, are they the worst marketers ever? Or is like I just don't get it. Like it's like when you get an ad for something that you just bought and you're kind of like, really? <laughs> right. Well, and the voter registry is not this super private. I mean, that's public information. I mean, I'm getting bombarded by text messages with I, I don't even know what. Anyway, it should yes. be illegal to send those text messages. I just have to say they're super. Actually, I think I think it is. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So annoying. I'm There's on big fines. I'm apparently on every list that exists for everything. So, uh, yeah, my, if I my wife, Amy, she got a text the other day um, direct and with the with our youngest son, Hayden's name in it. And it oh. was like. Hayden, are you registered to vote? Blah, 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 blah. That was, that was pretty funny. He's 10, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Yes. Okay. All right. So that was a little bit of a rabbit trail. But I, I, I think the, the, the message for today really is all around to take a step back. Look at what you're saying. Look at what your message is. It does not, especially this time of year, it does not have to be buy this. It doesn't have to be get $2,500 in closing costs, right? Like that doesn't move the needle. And so especially it just becomes white noise. And and the other thing is you're about to start getting bombarded early with uh, um, like, Black Friday and uh, all the retail sales, they're going to start kicking that stuff off earlier this year than they normally do because of the economy, right? Well, the part of the economy, the K-shaped recovery that we're in. And so retailers are going to be blasting us with ads and we don't want to get lost in the shuffle. We want to stand out. We want to do things that bring meaning to people, I think. I mean, that's yeah, I to me that's a lot of it is like just like the substance of what we're putting out there and and typically it is product or price or 
you know, you're, you're set, you are selling something, uh, you know, we're doing well right now as an industry. So right now the opportunity is branding. And yeah. I think in our industry, part of why we are not considered the most cutting edge is we don't fully understand the value of branding. So sure. what happens is we think, oh, the market's good. We're doing great. And that means we can stop marketing. And that's, that is not, that is not how any other industry thinks. Your nope. brand is this thing that is evolving and is should always have a voice. And I think um, our big takeaway is be proactive, knowing that sentiments are are strange right now. Um, everyone is looking forward to the new year. Home is a place of safety, and and we can leverage that. Um, and that it, we, all builders are not going to have the same message. It depends on if you have inventory. It depends on if you're pre-selling. It depends on where you're, what market you're building in. If you have attached housing or detached housing. I mean, there are so many variables that, um, are going to influence your message for this time of year. And it just, it takes some, um, thoughtful planning. So that's, that's my big thing. Thoughtful planning. I, to I totally agree with that. Um, I don't even have another big thing. I'm just going to like tack onto that because it is, it is the best thing. It is where we need to be focusing our attention um, and not, uh, and, and less of look at the shiny thing over here because it's just going to get lost in the, in the, in the noise that's out there. And um, yeah, I think that we totally underestimate the, the continued power of, the marketing message. Um, and we get wrapped up in, well, we don't have to market and we just shut it off. Yes. If you shut it off, you can turn it back on in today's digital world. And you can be like bottom of the funnel type, type really like Google ads and social and things like that. Yes, you can do that. Um, but it's still, like you said, we're, we're the only industry that thinks really weirdly like that. Like it's why, why, why? I, you know, that's why we kind of get a bad rap, like that we're so far behind. I will say that this is not new. You have the message and the messenger. And, you know, Google has been saying for a decade, our job as marketers is to show up. That's the messenger and to show up with the right message. That's the yep. message that's going to actually get people to engage. And I think we as an industry have become so tactic driven. We are so aware of showing up, but we're, we have really lost the message that makes, that really connects with people. And I think um, right now, especially when we're in a branding time, like this is where we should be fine tuning that message that really differentiates. I think Molly, and you might fall out of your seat when you hear me say this, but I think that we we get caught too much up in our metrics, right? And I think that's why, you know, we, with the shift to digital, right? Everybody, the, the assumption is I can track anything and everything I want to, which you can, um, but we lose sight. Like with, with branding and messaging, it's much harder to have that direct correlation of cause and effect. It's a bigger picture, longer term strategy play that's going to take, like if you're trying to create a brand, it's going to be a three to five year process 
to really create a notable brand, even as a home builder. And we get caught, I, you know, I, I was running the other day and I was thinking about a blog to write, which I think I'm going to probably have to write it now since I'm talking about it. <laughs> um, but it's like your metrics are killing you. And the, and the reason is because as I, I, I'm, I'm running, I always check my watch for my pace, my cadence, my average mile, where my heart rate is, where all this kind of stuff. And then the other day I just ran and I still had my watch on and I was going to track everything at the end, but it was cold in the morning. So I literally like had sleeves down, like tucked over my hands and, and as I was running, so I couldn't easily see my watch. Um, so I just ran, I didn't check it. And when I got back, it was one of my better runs because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as focused on the metric. I was focused on just doing what I kind of trained myself to do instead of every week looking at my reports, every month looking at my reports and saying, oh, what do I need to change? What do I need to shift? Right. And so I think that's kind of the stark difference between the messaging side of things and advertising because we have to draw a line and, 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 between the two distinctively. Yeah. And I know for me, I mean, I've always been driven by the message more so than the messenger because that is more tactical um, and that is more like cut and dry. When it comes to the message, I I mean, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I get inspiration from everywhere. I can go to the grocery store and see something about oranges that resonates with me. And I think about why that resonated with me. So to give you an example, um, so as I was saying before, so we've been spending a lot of time in the Pocono mountains and there are all these trails and different things, you know, around that area. It's a lot of, um, being outside and there was a billboard for, um, one of these, destinations of like trails and things like that. And it said adventure packed. And my mind immediately went to housing and I immediately thought of a community that has a lot of amenities or a 55 plus community that has um, all these different things going on. And I'm, I adventure packed and I'm picturing, you know, the act of moving, of packing and boxes. And I almost had this image of like the Mary Poppins hat with all these different activities coming out of it, like the walking trails, the biking, the hiking, the kayaking, all these different things. And how that one line of adventure packed that had nothing to do with the housing industry got me thinking about why that resonated with me and how it could have to do with the housing industry. And I think to me, that's the fun part of marketing is, is really being inspired from a word, a conversation. You know, if you're listening today and there's one word that we said that makes you think of an idea that makes your time well used by listening today. And I think that's the, I think that's what is so exciting to me is that ideas come from everywhere and just paying attention and, and finding those little golden nuggets that you're able to use that resonate. Yeah, totally agree. All right. That is a good place to stop. Yeah, if anyone uh, wants to do this adventure packed campaign, um, give us a call because I literally <laughs> just made that up, and I think it would be awesome for a community with a lot of amenities. Oh my gosh, I even see um, 
you could create a graphic of there's a box and people are packing up, but it, you're they're actually packing up like word bubble, like words in the air, like whether it's whatever the thing is, oh, that's the fine. excitement of moving and they're putting that in the box or their their memories like Johnny's fifth birthday and oh, they're putting it in the box and taking it. See, there you go. There's your there's your free tidbit of the day. All there right. Awesome. Okay. I have a meeting to get to in eight minutes. And then I actually have a second podcast recording later today with our friends from Box Brownie. So this episode will air first and then the Box Brownie episode. So um, be learning about all the cool stuff that they've, they've got going on. If you haven't heard of them before, check them out. So anyway, thanks so much guys for joining us today. And uh, you know, off we go. Have a great week. <laughs>